Good evening. It's Thursday, June 17th, 2021, and welcome to For the Culture. I'm Anthony McCarthy, sitting in for Faraji Muhammad, who's on vacation, but he'll be back next week. You're listening to Public Radio, WEAA 88.9 FM, absolutely the voice of the community. We have a very exciting show for you tonight. This weekend is Juneteenth and Father's Day, all coming in. Um, The President of the United States just signed national legislation making Juneteenth a federal holiday. Tomorrow in the city of Baltimore, in Baltimore County, You're off work if you work for those government agencies. Both the county executive and the mayor have decided to go along with the state of Maryland, and we will will celebrate this holiday by shutting down government. It is exciting for everything. Now, I anticipate that we're going to get a call here shortly from the Maryland's 7th Congressional District Congressman, Kwaizi Mfume, who was at the White House with the president. As this legislation was signed into law, um, he's going to join us. We're going to talk about Juneteenth and some of the other things that have been going on in Washington. Um, We're very, very proud of Congressman Infume. He has been doing some tremendous, some tremendous things um, for us here in Baltimore and the 7th Congressional District. Now, in the, I'm going to be taking uh, calls from you, the listeners. In honor of Father's Day, I want you to shout out your father's name. You call the station and give us a memory. What do you remember best about your father? All you have to do is call 410-319-8888, and we're going to honor fathers today on For the Culture. In the next hour, I'm going to introduce you to Troy and Rashad Staten. Now, Troy, you all probably know very well. He's a great barber, civic leader, and his son, uh, Rashad Staten, who is an educator and a, a community advocate here in the um, city of Baltimore. They're going to come on with us, and they're going to talk about their relationship. They're going to talk about... Um, what it means to be a father, and maybe give out some advice um, in the next hour on how to be a good father. Rashad has a little tiny, uh, I don't know how old he is, but he is an absolutely adorable little son, and he and his father are just loved and supported in the city. And then we are going to talk to probably one of the most incredible visual artists in the country, she's right here in Baltimore. Baltimore's own Alma Roberts is going to join us, and she'll be in the studio with me, and we'll be talking about her art, and we'll be talking about um, what inspires her and what encourages her to um, create this beautiful art. I was over at Busboys and Poets, the restaurant, the other day, And I saw this incredible piece of art in the restaurant, and it was hers. It was Alma Roberts. Um, So we're going to um, talk um, with her about art and what inspires her. Um, So like I said, we're anticipating that Kwesi and Fume is going to join us. There's also a rally, a Father's Commitment Pledge rally tomorrow. The organizers are going to call in in just a little while, and we're going to give you the details so you can show up tomorrow at this incredible Father's Pledge rally. Um, And um, it's going to be very exciting, very exciting. 410-319-8888 is the number. If you'd like to call and be the first to shout out your father, to share a memory of your father, give us a call here in the studio, and we're going to bring you up into this conversation. Um, but first, I am honored to introduce and bring on board with us the 
con congressman from Maryland's 7th Congressional District. He is also a great supporter of Morgan State University um, and was the founder, one of the founders of this radio station, WEAA. Congressman Kwaisi and Fume, welcome to For the Culture. Maxion, can you hear me okay? We can hear you. You sound wonderful. Oh, great. Well, thanks for, for having me here, and uh, thanks for Faraji having enough sense to ask you to sit in this week for him. <laughs> I appreciate that, Congressman. So the president just signed legislation making Juneteenth a national holiday, uh, in great part because you and your colleagues in the United States Congress fought and fought. It was bipartisan, although 14 white male Republicans voted against it. Um, Congressman, thank you so much for this national holiday. Give me your thoughts about Juneteenth. Well, Anthony, it's a lot to, to absorb. You know, yeah. sometimes when we find ourselves in the moment that goes for all of us we sort of take the moment for granted mm. it's only after we step out and look back through the telescope of time that we realize what a profound moment it was i just got back moments ago from the white house mm. where the president and the vice president uh, had a signing ceremony for the bill itself the juneteenth bill and uh, listening to the president and, and his remarks and the remarks of the vice president there in the East Room put into perspective a lot about how far we have come. I'll tell you a quick story uh, to try to give shape to this mm -hmm. and why Juneteenth is so very, very important. Uh, 156 years ago, when the federal troops got to Galveston to read the special order, declaring that slaves were free. It was already two years after Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation. In fact, Lincoln was assassinated in the spring of that year um, before they got to Galveston. Wow. There is a story that has been handed down over the years that I repeat, like others in the generation before me, about a gentleman by the name of Philip Reed. Philip Reed was from South Carolina and was born a slave. He was bought and then brought to Washington, D.C. to work in a foundry. It was that foundry that was commissioned to shape and form Lady Liberty. And you know, Lady Liberty is the statue that sits on top of the U.S. US Capitol. Capitol. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the highest um, elevation on a Capitol building. Most people know that in addition to slaves building the Capitol, they also built the White House, which is what the president uh, was reminded of today and what others thought about. What you don't know, though, is that Philip Reed could not read or write. He was not educated and did not possess the powers that so many people in his time did to be able to understand things. Hmm. However, he could do geometry. And few people knew that. All the surveyors, all the architects that were working to try to figure out how to get this statue of Lady Liberty on top of the Capitol, it was Philip Reed that developed a method for that to happen. And when we look at that, as we do, and I will tonight when I leave here and head back to Baltimore, I'm reminded that Juneteenth has so many different meanings of, of overcoming for, for black people in this country. Um, when we think of all the nameless and faceless black men and women who are on plantations in the South and peach groves in Georgia and tobacco farms in Maryland, we don't know how many nameless and faceless people died, never had a chance to see anything come to fruition because their whole life was slavery. Mm. So for this to happen, even though it was two years after Lincoln, it was significant. And um, I get a little emotional sometimes thinking about it. You know, as I said when I began my remarks, when we're in the moment, we don't understand how profound it is until we are out of that moment. But I know that the spirits of those nameless and faceless men and women who were born and died in slavery 
hovers above this United States Capitol, above the White House, and above the nation as something now that can no longer be ignored or denied. Uh, we've got 12 federal holidays uh, with the addition of Juneteenth. This is a most appropriate and fitting one. I remember um, the signing of the bill for the King holiday, and I can only say to you, for people who are listening, um, I would hope that on Juneteenth, this year and every year, going forward, because it had been known as Jubilee Day and Emancipation Day, that we would recommit ourselves to sharing a basic dream. It's the dream of Washington, Tubman, and Douglas. The dream, as I said before, of all those slaves who never saw anything but slavery, to be able to take care of our communities and to build a better world. We're in a bad place right now uh, as a black community in terms of violence and, and what's happening and the numbers of murders that are taking place in our cities. It would be a disservice to those men and women who live their lives in chains for them to look back through the telescope of time and to see us today in 2021 faced with so many issues, a lot of which are of our own doing. The violence in particular just disturbs all of us. So I appreciate you, you know, letting me ramble for a few minutes. Oh, about I appreciate this. you. <laughs> um, as I said, I just got back from the White House and the, and the bill signing, and I'm sure that will be all over the news tonight. Um, but it was a poignant moment and one that will stay with all of us, I hope, for a long time to come. You have witnessed great days, uh, great moments of history, as you um, just shared with us, um, like the Juneteenth bill signing, the King um, bill signing. I know that you traveled to South Africa. You bought Nelson Mandela to the United States. You have really been at the epicenter of a lot of great moments. What can we say to young people, or not just young people, what can we say to each other that really will cause us to stop and to pause and see the significance of these moments, moments like Juneteenth, moments like King's Holiday, moments like the emancipation of so many people in South Africa. What can we say to get people to stop and pause and recognize these moments? Well, what Nelson Mandela used to always say to me was that the majesty of a moment is not that it comes and goes, but what happens to the individual in that moment to determine what their future is and where they ultimately go. Mm. And I would just hope that everybody, uh, quite frankly, thinks about life. It's a fleeting, fleeting thing that we go through. We sometimes think we're going to be here forever, um, but it's not infinite. And so if we know it's not infinite, the question becomes, what do I do in the moments that I have to have a great life, uh, to raise a family, to give back to my community, to be a better person. Um, and when we think about that, we've automatically come up with goals. And once we have goals, we usually find a way to move toward them. So I think the idea that we never stop setting goals is important. Mm -hmm. And the idea that uh, this moment, this tiny little moment, uh, mean so much. It will be gone for all of us at some point in time, but we really ought to take advantage of it while we have it. I mean, God gave us a lot of gifts, uh, and among those was the gift of free will. And while we have it, we have to find a way to use it. I had the honor of working in your last campaign for Congress, and we were um, victorious, thank goodness. Um, and I got to meet your sons. They were very involved in the campaign, um, and I would see them just speaking so lovingly and at, with so much admiration for you. This weekend is Father's Day. Um, are, do you have any special plans for Father's Day, Congressman? You know, I'm just laughing because um, unlike Mother's Day, <laughs> you know, where Father's Day just sneaks up on you. Somebody right. said to you me so yesterday, right. you know, Sunday is Father's Day. And I said, oh, okay. Um, fathers uh, all over the uh, country, but certainly all over the world, um, I think should realize, as we do, that we've been blessed to be fathers. 
I'm going to spend some time with uh, uh, my youngest son and one or two of those in the middle. I've got six. <laughs> um, and we're just going to, they're going to be at my house. I'm going to mm-hmm. sit down, and they've told me, you don't have to buy any crabs. We're going to get you the biggest ones we can find. Nice. And you can sit down, Dad, and eat crabs and watch the Orioles lose again. So. <laughs> I'm, ho- I'm holding out all hope that that won't be the case for the Orioles. I am holding it out, too, because it's been 18 straight losses uh, on the road. But we, wow. we di- digress. That's right. Um, it's a great day. Um, Saturday, by the way, um, with the president signing a few moments ago the uh, – the document and the bill, um, and because it's official holiday, um, people actually will be celebrating it in terms of having a day off tomorrow. tomorrow. It's like any other holiday. If it falls on the weekend, you get either the Friday or the Sunday mm-hmm. or the Monday off. And since this case is a Saturday, um, there are going to be a lot of people who just look up and realize that they don't have to go to work tomorrow. Wow. Um, and, and that's a good thing because I think it gives us a chance to take pause again and to realize how far we've come. Mm-hmm. One more question, Congressman. I know that you um, will be heading back to Baltimore tonight, and it's interesting to me. One of the things that I have observed about you over the years that I have followed your um, career is that you have oftentimes reached across the aisle. You've held people accountable, but you are willing to work across the aisle. Um, I remember Bob Ehrlich, the Republican former governor of of Maryland, telling me that you were one of his most admired friends. He just enjoyed working with you um, because you were always very honest. How can we, right now, bipartisanship is a fleeting thing in Washington at the Capitol. How can we bring those who serve the people of the United States together? Well, I think as citizens, we've got to vote for people who really believe in trying to find a way to work things out. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are elected, and um, they're elected with people knowing that they have no desire to work things out. They come here, they have a term of office, um, and very little gets done. It's kind of like that story long ago when the lady was walking down the street and she saw a snake and he had been hit by a car, and she picked him up and said, oh, poor Mr. Snake, uh, let me take care of you. And she took the snake home and mm. got the snake through the winter, and the snake got stronger, and the summer came, and she walked outside with the snake, and he bit her. And she said, I can't believe you bit me. I'm going to die. And he looked at her and said, you knew I was a snake when you picked me up. Wow. <laughs> so if we know people are bad and inherently unwilling to try to find a reach compromise and to get work done, and we send them to office, and they bite us because they don't want to do anything other than act crazy, Uh, we've got to remember that we knew they were a snake when we picked them up. We've got to vote better to get people here who are determined to get things done and not to showboat and not to play games and not to point fingers. Mm. Well, you get things done. Maryland's 7th Congressional District Congressman, Kwa'izi Nfume, thank you for everything you do for our district. Thank you for what you do, your leadership at Morgan State University, and thank you for this Juneteenth holiday. Thank you, Anthony, and to everybody listening, happy Juneteenth Day. It is absolutely official now. Mm. Thank you, Congressman. Okay, take care. That was Congressman Kwa'izi Nfume, who represents Maryland's 7th Congressional District. Hustles like nobody hustles. He is always on his game. We were talking about the Juneteenth holiday, and uh, a lot of people are like, what is Juneteenth? Well, it was celebrated in Galveston, Texas, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. The Civil War was going on. No one told the slaves in Galveston, Texas, that they were free. They had no way of knowing. So when the Union troops got into Galveston and told the slaves that they were free, they celebrated. And now we celebrate Juneteenth has become a national holiday. If you work for the federal government, state government, or city government, tomorrow you are off. I work for the city. I will be at home relaxing and enjoying and celebrating Juneteenth. You know, um, 
this weekend is Father's Day. I hope that you'll get out in the, with your family and celebrate this new um, national holiday. But I hope you also do something pretty special for your fathers. And we're going to be talking about fathers over the next hour, talking about Father's Day, talking about being a father and what it means to be a father. I'm inviting you to join in. If you have great memories of your father, if you'd like to share a memory of your father, oftentimes I believe we just speak their names into the universe, whether they are with us still or they are no longer with us. Speaking their name honors them. So we want you to dial 410-319-8888 and um, honor your father today here on For the Culture. It is a very important holiday. Um, as the congressman alluded to, it doesn't always get the same uh, attention that Mother's Day gets. And um, Mother's Day makes millions of dollars for the greeting card industry and the florists uh, all over. Um, Father's Day, a little less. But fathers are no less important. Um, and uh, my father... Though we did not have a great relationship at the end of his life, we reconciled and we were able to um, put the past in the past and honor our life. And um, I have to tell you, um, it was, and I think of my father often. Um, he wasn't a perfect man, but he was a good man. And um, I miss him a lot. I miss him a lot. Robert McCarthy Sr., was my father. Let's go to the phones real quick. Carla is on the line. Carla, welcome to For the Culture. I wanted to give honor to my father who passed away in over 20 years. 20 years. Tragically. Wow. Um, one of the things that I enjoyed the most that I really miss my father for mm -hmm. is watching Batman and Robin oh. on on the uh, Cartoon Network. All the Cartoon Networks, actually. He watched... Um, he would wait for me to come home from school, actually. And we would watch Pinky and the Brain, <laughs> Batman and Robin, um, all those crazy cartoons that we used to watch when we were children. He watched it with me until I got into high school. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, I lost him. But I, that's what I enjoy the most about my father and for Father's Day. Mm -hmm. Can I add for one thing, too? Yes, of course. Since this is about fathers. And I want, and you, to say, I want you to tell us your father's name. Okay, his name is John Winters. John Winters, thank you. Yes, mm -hmm. of course, go ahead. Okay, so I wanted to give a shout-out. I called early this morning, too, but I wanted to give a shout-out to this black-owned um, bookstore, Urban Reed Bookstore. Okay. They have books such as uh, We Made That, which is a, a notable black inventor, I mean, inventors A to Z. Um, I just wanted to give them some support because they are men, Mm -hmm. And this is about fathers, so we want to get, you know, I just want to give them some support Urban and needs. acknowledgement. Where are they located? Oh, I'm sorry. They're located on 3008 Greenmount Avenue in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, the number is 443 okay. 3552-1094. Urban Reads. Thank you Urban for Reed. sharing that with us. Thank you for sharing your father's and that great, great memory of your father. And you have a blessed day and great weekend. Folks, we're going to take a very quick break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about the 2021 Black Fathers Pledge Rally. I want you to be there. I want you to make the pledge. Then we're going to take the rest of your calls. We want you to call in. Honor your fathers, 410-319-8888. I'm Anthony McCarthy. This is For the Culture. We'll be right back.
I do this for my culture, 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 culture. For the culture, I'm Anthony McCarthy. Quais, um, Far, Faraji Muhammad is on vacation. He'll be back next week. You've tuned in to For the Culture on Public Radio, WEAA 88.9 FM, absolutely the voice of the community. This weekend, not only will we be celebrating Juneteenth, but we're celebrating Father's Day. And I, I just want us to honor and celebrate fathers. And I want to give you an opportunity to speak the name of your father and share a memory about your father uh, with the listeners of WEAA. The number is 410-319-8888. If you'd like to call in and talk about your father, uh, uh, talk about being a father, uh, what, what really those things that are important and touch you. We want to hear from you. Uh, 410-319-8888 is the number. We want, I, I'm looking forward to hearing your stories and hearing you speak. The fathers in our lives speak their names. Jahari is on the line. Jahari, welcome to For the Culture. Peace and blessings. Hey there, beautiful. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Wonderful. Fabulous. I wanted to speak my father's name, Dr. Thomas Jones, after excuse me, Thomas C. Jones. He Mm -hmm. was the first black ophthalmologist in the state of Maryland. Wow. He was a medic at all of Dr. M.L. King's marches, except for the one where they beat everyone up on Mm. the bridge. Yeah. He was a a wonderful physician. He was at six different hospitals, including Provident Hospital. Remember Provident? I don't know if you're old enough, Anthony. What do you mean? (laughs) Pardon? I, I said, what do you mean? I am 53 years old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So you remember Providence? The, um, I do remember. Black Hospital that That's we right. had to mm-hmm. go to before we were allowed into in the White Hospital. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh, his office was right on North Avenue by Pennsylvania. Mm. That wow. was his first office, and he helped to build Garwin Medical Center. Oh, wow. I remember when he had an airplane and we used to go on, um, it was a small, I think a two-engine, one-engine, I can't remember, um, plane, and we used to go on flights, short flights with him. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. He was a a brilliant doctor and an excellent father. Wow. So I just wanted to share that with And I want you to speak his name one more time for us. Dr. Thomas C. Jones. Wow. God bless you. Thank you for sharing that uh, with us uh, today. Thank you. And and the last thing I wanted to say is I was on WEAA for about 20 years in health talk. Uh, Dr. Maxie Collier brought me on to his helpline 2000. I brought Dr. John Chazelle on. Um, it was then my show, and um, and I love WEAA, and I listen to you whenever you come, you show up, Anthony. <laughs> I love your voice. Of course, I recognized it immediately. What thank a you. joy to talk to you, and thank you for sharing uh, you. your memories Christ of your father. Who started um, at WEAA. Mm-hmm. A lot of history, a lot yeah. of history. Thank you. I appreciate you. God bless everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Join us um, and honor your father. Tell us about him. Share a memory with us. 410-319-8888 is the number if you'd like to do that. 410-319-8888. Speak your father's name to the listeners of WEAA and share a memory with us. I want to tell you about the second annual uh, 2021 Black Fathers Pledge Rally. This rally calls all all black fathers together to make a pledge. 
and it's being held Friday, June 18th, tomorrow, from 5 p.m. to sunset at the Rawlings Conservatory at Druid Hill Park. There are going to be black fathers from all over the city and the surrounding area coming together to make a pledge to each other at the kickoff of the Juneteenth and Father's Day weekend, pledging to support their children and their families, pledging to support their city and their community, and they want you to be there um, at the Rawlings Conservatory at Druid Hill Park, the second annual 2021 Black Fathers Pledge Rally um, from 5 p.m. to sunset. If you want more information, just go online and look it up, um, Black Dad Rally 21, and you'll be able to find all the information you need uh, about this rally. Um, I told you that uh, my father and I had a, a, a very tenuous relationship, and there were many years, almost 12 years, that I did not speak to my father. And my father and I, um, as he had several massive strokes and was put in a nursing home, I went and started to spend time with my father. I'd go and I'd read to him. And he would just look at me because he couldn't speak. And I know there were times when he's like, we don't, we, don't, we don't even speak to each other. But it was very important to me that I repair the relationship that I lost with my father. And um, one day I went to the nursing home and I was told when I got there that he had passed away. And the nurse at the nursing home, because I was heartbroken, because I had not spoken to him in so long. And as we were starting to get to know each other again, I would tell him stories about working at the White House. I would tell him stories uh, about working for um, um, politics and politicians and pushing things and what I believed. And, and he could not speak back, but he would listen. The nurse went into his bedroom and she opened his bedroom, his um, bedside stand, and she pulled out a picture. There was only one picture in, <sighs> there was only one picture in his nightstand, and it was a picture of me. And um, I spoke at his funeral, um, and it touched my heart, and I miss him so much. Robert McCarthy Sr. Um, was my father. And I want you to share the memories you have of your fathers. Maybe some of you had bad relationships and you're working on them and you're pulling them back together. 410-319-8888. If you'd like to share a memory about your father and share a story with us about your father, this weekend, uh, maybe you need to make plans to go by and see your dad. Uh, fix a meal for your dad. Uh, take him his favorite, take him a book that you know he will enjoy. Um, take him a bushel of crabs. Uh, the crabs are very expensive these days. But just do something that honors your father and um, the lessons that he taught you. In the next hour, I'm going to have a, two fathers on, a father and a son. Um, and they're going to share their stories and talk about their relationship. Uh, but now is your time. I want to hear from you. I know someone's listening and saying, well, I, I don't want to call. But give us a call at 410-319-8888 and share with us a memory about your father. Now, I just told you about my father, Robert McCarthy Jr. I mean, senior, but he had my brother, Jr. And my mother remarried uh, after many years um, after she and my father divorced, she married. And his name is Charles Haynes. He is my stepfather. He has been so good to me. He has um, taught me lessons about life. Uh, he, um, he really did. And he never wanted me to forget or dishonor my actual father. But I respected him because he was a father to me as well. And so I'm going to see him this weekend and um, pay honor to him uh, on Father's Day. Um, 
I I just knew that our phones would be ringing off the hook. <laughs> 410-319-8888 is the number if you'd like to honor your father. Speak his name to the listeners of WEAA. Give us a call and join the conversation. Tell us what you think um, um, are the memories you have of your father. Or maybe you have some advice for fathers. Um, some um, wise words of um, wisdom that you'd like to share with everyone. Give us a call here on For the Culture, and we'll begin to share your thoughts and your memories with us. Um, this is a big weekend. And as Kwesi and Fume said, the O's will play again, and we'll see if the O's will break this losing streak. Um, I know a lot of fathers will be sitting in front of the television hoping that they will be able to uh, see that losing streak broken finally. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to happen. I hold out hope that it will happen. Um, but I know that this weekend there will be a lot of folks spending time with their fathers, doing some fun things, doing great things um, to make sure that they honor um, the this special day that we set aside here in this country for fathers this weekend, um, as well as Juneteenth, another holiday, Juneteenth um, for fathers, I mean, for our black families everywhere, 410-319-8888. Folks, I have really enjoyed being with you over the last two weeks and sitting in for my friend Faraji Muhammad. Um, this is a great show. He does an incredible job hosting the show. But, boy, we've had fun um, bringing um, the former police commissioner to you. Um, uh, we've had um, some artists on for the culture, celebrating art and um, our culture. Um, I, we've had um, some um, folks come in and talk about um, great restaurants they want to go to, great vacation spots they want to go to. Um, if you want to take your, um, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, your husband, if you want to get out of town, there were some great places, some state parks, some um, spas and uh, places to go and have fun. Um, so we've been talking about, I've been trying to bring you things that are for our culture, things that celebrate our culture, that celebrate us, that celebrate our people. Boy, the phones are off the hook now. <laughs> They're coming in. Let's go to Wanda. Wanda, thank you for calling. Welcome to For the Hi, Culture. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to honor my dad who since passed away, mm -hmm. but he was from South uh, North Carolina. Uh-huh. My dad only had an eighth grade education. Um, after the army, came to Baltimore, met my mom. Oh wow! Before he passed away, they had been married fifty-two years. Oh, that um, and he also earned a Purple Heart in the U.S. Army. Wow! So I, I mean, I look back at him I, because he had an eighth grade education and he was a laborer for years. Mm -hmm. He wanted his children just fit to finish school because oh. he did not. Nice. So I we all finished school except one, but I went a little further. And mm -hmm. when I went when I went to get my degree, I looked up to heaven and said, "Dad, this is for you." So I just want to honor my dad because he was a great provider. Um, for us, working two jobs, taking care of his family. And I tell you, he had a lot of pride. He would not take any handouts. I don't oh, know wow. if that was good or bad. <laughs> but <laughs> he would not take any handouts. And he truly, truly was an example to all of his kids that, you know, you work, you get, you, you pay your way. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just so happy just to be on this call. And I miss him dearly. Wanda, speak <laughs> so, his name to the listeners of WEA. Uh, and my dad' name was David Jones. David Jones, and I bet you David Jones is so very proud of you, Wanda. I'm sure he will be. So very proud of you. Thank you so much for sharing that memory and sharing those thoughts with us. Yep. Let's go to uh, Yared. Yared is on the line. Welcome to For the Culture. Hello. Hey, did I say your name right? Uh, you did. The volume's kind of down, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Hi, um, my heart is kind of beating out of my chest because I've never done anything like this. Oh, take your time. Calm down. You're among friends here on WEAA. What's the name of your father? John D. Samita. 
Oh, nice. He passed away in about 2015-16. It was just a really bad time for me, so uh, I'd rather, like, kind of block it out sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my stepfather. And then more recently, um, my birth father also passed away, so. So share a memory. Do you have any good memories that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yes. Um, I, 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 since I lost my birth father very recently, it's hard for me to talk about it much, but mm-hmm. uh, if I can talk about my stepfather. Of course. There's just one anecdote I would like to um, uh, relay, and that is that uh, one time he invited me and his mother, uh, my grandmother, to uh, a restaurant in D.C., and um, the restaurant was an Ethiopian restaurant. I'm Ethiopian, um, but he's African-American. He was born here in the D.C. area, Mm -hmm. and... um, uh, he took us to uh, the restaurant, and uh, the, the, uh, the, the waitress came up and said, who are these two people? Because, you know, they were in Ethiopian. She wanted to know why uh, I was with them and who they were. So um, I told her that that is my mother's husband, and that, and that is his mother. So when she left, he asked me, what did, you, what did she ask you, and how did you reply? <laughs> so I told him, oh, um, um, I to- uh, she, she asked me who you guys are, and I told, him, I told her, that you're my mother's husband and that's your mother and he said um um why don't you just why don't you just tell her that i'm your dad and i told him i said well you know what can i say Mm. yeah i don't know if i was being facetious or not but uh i was just just trying to pass the time but i didn't really say that but i thought some i thought thought that memory Mm -hmm. uh, of uh of how i kind of kind of like uh took him down a little bit mm-hmm. was, um, you know, kind of, I, I regret that. So in honor of both your stepfather and your father, your natural born father, I want you to say their names one more time. Okay, John D. Samita and Tesfai Ababa. Oh, bless you. I really appreciate you calling and sharing that with us tonight. Thank you. Take care. Roshan, welcome to For the Culture. Hey there. Roshan? Yes. Welcome to the program. Thank you. So, I first want to say um, uh, thanks to the first lady that called in about her father and giving that um, little-known black history fact yes, about her isn't father, Dr. Thomas C. Jones. Mm-hmm. Now I'll never forget. <laughs> and I want to commend you for being able to reconcile yeah. with your father. It meant a lot to me. Yes, I could tell. Mm -hmm. And now I want to shout out my father, whose name is Alan. He he wasn't, uh, he had a high school education, Mm -hmm. but he was so intelligent. (laughs) And he made sure he passed that intelligence on to his children. Oh, that's nice. And I really appreciate that. Like, I I would like to think I was his protege child Uh because (laughs) he would wake up, he worked for the railroad. He will wake us up sometimes. They had weird hours. He will wake us up sometimes when he got home to mm. study out of a philosophy book. And oh, we were wow. young. And any words we did not know, he would have us look them up. Mm-hmm. I still have the Red Dictionary. Oh, wow. You still have it. Yes, I still have that Red Dictionary that we use to look up words. Mm. I think his handwriting is in it. Mm-hmm. And I think he gave me my love of words. And I really just appreciate him for just being a father who wanted to pass on knowledge, knowledge even yes. though he didn't have a grand scope of knowledge. Mm-hmm. He gave us what he could. He made sure we watched Sesame Street every day. The whole lineup on Maryland Public Television. He made sure we watched it. Electric Company. Yes, I remember those shows, yes. He, he sat us down. And he's even got in the floor and played with his children. Mm. Like, his model was that children cannot be adults because they've never been adults. They've never but been adults adult. can be children because they ne- they've been children before. Wow. I love so that. I just appreciate his wisdom. He's not with us anymore. He passed away in 2009. Hmm. But all of the memories are with me forever. Roshan, I want you to say his name one more time for us. His name is Alan Wardlaw. Oh, praise the Lord. Senior. Thank you, Roshan, for yes. sharing those memories. 
Yes, thank you for opening up the lines to do that. Oh, I like you. this uh, Me show too. today. Me too. Thank you. I appreciate you. 410-319-8888 is the number. If you'd like to honor your father and share a memory or a lesson that he taught you, just give us a call and join the conversation. Michael, welcome to For the Culture. For having me, I'm glad to be here. I'm actually I'm on my way home with my wife. But All right. I was very taken by your testimony about your own father because uh, your your situation is is very similar to mine. But not to take up a lot of time. Take uh, your my time. My father had four children, and I was the youngest uh, of the four children. The, the, the my brother and I were at the bottom of the totem pole, okay, mm-hmm. in terms of age. We didn't have that relationship that we needed with our father because of the drama that existed between uh, a man and wife back in those days, in the 50s and in the 40s, you know, raising a family, trying to deal with the issues of being in, in America and all. Yep. But um, my brother and I didn't have a good relationship with my father. And so my parents eventually divorced when I was about 10 years old, and I was really looking for a, a, a role model and trying to stay out of getting into trouble and whatnot. And uh, I found that being involved with different organizations and playing in sports and whatnot helped me to fill in that missing mm, yes. uh, uh, part of my life, which was my father. As such, and I'll say that to any man out there that, you know, your children look for your assurance uh, in life, and you're a very in- intricate part of that. So in any case, uh, all of that being said, uh, we would, my brother and I would see our father occasionally on holidays, and he was nearby and all, but I never really understood the reason why. And, of course, resentment built up over the years and, mm. and whatnot, and... So uh, finally, uh, I was grown, went to college, got my degree as well as my brother, and uh, my father all of a sudden wanted to uh, establish a relationship. And actually, I wanted to uh, ask him out back, you know, for for a discussion, if you know what I'm saying. I but know what you're saying. Uh-huh. Deep down in my heart, that's not what I wanted. So... On his 65th birthday, I was determined to, uh, you know, deal with the situation. Now, I would say this to any brother out there. If you haven't reconciled, please, yes, then you better think about it because you can't separate yourself from this thing because it is a part of your life and it makes you who you are. So that 65th birthday, and I'm going to try to make this quick, a Lionel Hampton was playing at a concert in, in the time where I'm from Harrisburg, and uh, I took him out there, and we sat down, and we had a few uh, uh, bottles of the, the, the bubblies and whatnot, and, and uh, he was in, thought he was, we were enjoying ourselves, but I wasn't. I was steaming, and mm. then I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, Dad, come on. We got, I got to get this off my chest, I, I, and I, I, for an, almost a half an hour. I expounded on a, on the abuse that I felt for not only myself but my brothers and, and and sisters, and how he really was not doing his job, and and then he broke out into tears, and that's what really got me. So I said, "Look, I, I forgive you, but I just had to tell you this." Now, from that point on, we we had a, a rapport that we would get together on occasion. It was gradual, but it wasn't right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go out to dinner, and, uh, and eventually he had health issues, and he had to, to uh, uh, you know, receive treatment. He eventually ended up in a nursing home, and and I would continue to go by and see him. And you, you mentioned how you read stories and whatnot. Well, I used to take him out to have his favorite meal, and he loved prime rib, and I'd take him out wow. to that, and we would go to the races and, and all that kind of stuff. But there was one night, and I will share this with you, that I, I took him back to his residence where he was staying, and, I went, and he was in the wheelchair at that time. And I got the wheelchair out, 
and brought it around to where he was sitting next to me and went to reach for him. And he grabbed, he grabbed onto me like, like he was, like he was falling someplace. And I never felt the strength come through a person. Like I thought I was a strong man, but here he was in a weakened state. I felt he was a passing of, of, of tradition or whatever. So he gave me something at that point. Wow. And so, um, you know, he didn't live much longer after that. I asked him to be the best man at, at my wife and I's wedding, but he, he wasn't well enough at that point. But saying all this to say this, and I want any, any brother to hear me out. My older brother, he never reconciled with dad. Mm. And he still, and he's in his, in his 70s, he still, still talks about that stuff that, that happened years ago and he hasn't gotten beyond it yet. Get to the bottom of the record, whatever it is. Get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. It will haunt you if you don't. And if you do that, I think you'll be at peace with yourself and with your, 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 your father. Whether he's beloved or not, you at least have gotten that out of the way, and you'll have peace in your life. Mm, and like said, the Bible says, honor your father and your mother, not because they're perfect, but because they are. Because you're, they're your father and mother. Michael, i got to run. i got to get some more callers in real quick before the hour's up. But thank you for sharing that powerful, powerful story. L- I want to let Lisa, Sandra, Justice, Biola, all of you know that when we come back from this break, I am going to take your calls before we bring the next guests in. So don't go anywhere. I want you to share the memories of your fathers. I'm Anthony McCarthy. This is For the Culture here on Public Radio WEAA 88.9 FM. We'll be right back.